Hey, welcome to Real Talk, episode 183. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. we got a show for you today, folks, and I'm actually really excited for one of these articles. All right, you heard, him. You heard it there. Behind the camera, you know who he is, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Fun Turn Clint. Hello, hello. There he is. His sweet, silky voice lulling you into relaxation. Reminds me of a velvet. <laughs> yep. I thought that That's was going to be much longer. <laughs> so, what's real talk? Oh, just an opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. We answer anonymous questions asked by you that maybe you just feel uncomfortable asking your pastor. You don't have a pastor. You don't have a church. Maybe you're a Christian that's just disconnected, or maybe you're not a Christian at all, but you're interested and uh, you want to know answers. Well, we try our best to give that to you. Somewhere in the description of this video, you'll see a link, www.theremnant.life slash real-talk. The real in that, of course, is R-E-A-L. That's www.theremnant.life slash real-talk. I almost forgot it. <laughs> Click it. Go down to the bottom of the page. It says submit a question. Uh, could be a link. Could be anything if you just want to get thoughts. You type that in, hit submit, and it goes into our database instantaneously. Completely anonymously. Couldn't find you if we tried. There it is, man. 183 episodes deep. That's the gist of it. I want to give you a quick shout out at the beginning of the show to the two members of our Tier 2 Real Talk Club. That's all we got so far. Uh, but it is cool. So, big shout out to Greg and to Sierra. You guys will be getting your... Uh, Pretty sure did they both join in, at the end of September? Or yes, just October. Are you sure? You're just uh, saying that you have zero. You literally just said yes. I could see in your face you have no idea. Yeah, you're right. I was actually looking for something. I was you're looking right. for another thing. That's what I thought. So <laughs> either way, we'll be sending you guys. Your, so Sierra, Greg, thank you so much for for your support. We love you guys a lot. We appreciate you. I know mm-hmm. a bunch of you support us. In fact, we may have some others. I do. Uh, that's exactly what I was looking for. It was uh, so. Shout out to Trent, Krista, Mandy, Greg, and Austin. Uh, that's just some of the givers we've had over the years of doing Real Talk. Oh, good. Hey, thank you to all you guys. I knew that. And a lot of them give weekly. So you guys are huge supporters of the show. We're very, very thankful, or monthly, or whatever, thankful. Um, <laughs> we thank you. So those in the, the club, uh, the higher you guys will be getting your stuff, and you'll be getting it soon-ish. Uh, we'll be compiling um, the binds. We have so many behind-the-scenes things, so, so, so many. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm a bit nervous. Send those. <laughs> Um, because of just the tomfoolery that Sh- The shenanigans are, are yeah. real. So love you guys a lot, truthfully. We joke a lot, but we appreciate you so much. Mm. Um, last week was a bit of a heavy episode in the sense that we were pretty much real with you guys and saying, listen, it's a big world out there. It's a real stuff big to do. world. You know, do we have, is this show, you know, everything we do here is we want it to have meaning. We want it to have a purpose. We don't do things just to do them. You know, and we want them to make impact. And if that's no longer happening, you know, maybe we've we fulfilled what we're supposed to do, right? And so we're kind of just yeah. thinking through and praying through that and wondering, you know, what the next step is, whether to continue the show or not, uh, meaning the podcast and the web series. Uh, live mm-hmm. is coming back, which we'll talk about later. But yes, still looking for, for thoughts on that, man. And, and, you know, I don't know if you guys, have, we haven't talked about this at all. Just so you guys are listening, we have literally not had any any direct discussion since we talked about it. I mean, we've, we've alluded to it to each other, but we've never said, hey, this is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I'm not, true. it's probably not appropriate to do right now <laughs> on the show. But uh, yeah, so it was encouraging to uh, hear that support. You know, and I'm a weirdo. 
I feel guilty that they support us, even though I know it's worth it. You know? <laughs> Why do you think you feel guilty? I don't know, man, because I just, a lot of those people, in fact, maybe all of them, go to the church that supports the show, and it just makes me feel like guilty in a way. I don't know why. So mm. I really love for the people that don't go here that listen, which I know you exist. I know you do, because people have told me about you, and I can see you behind the scenes in the <laughs> states that you come from. I can't see you, but the states. And... uh yeah, we'd love if you guys like the show, man. Even, even a word of encouragement. If you can't do it financially, throw a couple bucks would be nice to let us know that hey, I'm listening. That's all you got to just shoot a little message. I'm listening. We're listening. Great. We're listening here from New York. Yes. We're listening here from Wyoming, New Mexico. We're listening here from Wyoming. We're listening from New Jersey, from Texas. Ever had one from New Jersey? Oh, that might be one of the few that we haven't. Yeah. Listening from China. It's happened. It's true. So anyway. That's the end of it. So, how you been, man? Oh, is there any other things you wanted to tell people? Oh, no. That was, that was, got more announcements there. Yeah. Uh, this is just more notes for our questions. I am excited about sending the merch out to the two. We got to make sure there's not other people that have gone that. Just going back one more time to your list. Oh, yeah. We were looking at the designs and stuff for that yesterday or the day before. I think so it was yesterday. Pretty exciting. You should be getting that soon. Oh, yeah. It's going to be kind of cool, man. They really will be sort of an elite little crew because, I mean, these are, these are literally unique pieces. Yeah, exclusive. Yeah. That's the word. Thank you. All right, moving on. How you been, man? Um, overall, I'd say I've been in a much better place, man. Um, my reading. You know, I know I mentioned it last week, but you know, just to continue on with it, you know, that what I feel like God's trying to show me something in the sense of like how I've, I've remained faithful to this little like just reading one section at a time in the Bible. I think He's trying to tell me something bigger in life. Like when you actually apply things that you hear, <laughs> it can change you. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> weird, yeah, I, weird, right? So you know, um, just such good reading, man. Like I'm in Acts, and like just so many powerful stories of the early church, man. Um, I just finished. Um, I just I'm, I'm I'm currently into when uh, the apostles just had to um, Peter. I think I think it was Peter. They had to reach out and actually, uh, essentially kind of like, oh, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of the word. Just They decided they decided to assign, there we go, assign some more people. Uh, and I don't know, they were essentially like deacons before. I think they called them deacons. You know, and it's talked about Stephen and all of them so and, and, ha- and how, um, just how bold uh, Stephen was because I'm right, I'm right at the part where Stephen's about to get stoned um, to death because he stood up for the gospel. Um so just super powerful, you know, and it talked about um, once they assigned these seven, these seven people that um, the teachings of, of Jesus, and it all just spread so much faster, and it all just, it was, it, and there was just so, like, it was just so good, mm-hmm. and it was really convicting for me because I know that, um, I know that God has giftings for all of us you know he has giftings for me and when in the times that I don't use those I mean I'm affecting that I'm affecting more than just me and that's kind of what it reminded me of because that moment all those people who stepped in and did that they they added to the ministry they and and Mm. them being faithful to it was so cool because they were able to help um, the body. They were able to help, you know, Peter and all them go and actually do what they're called to do, which is spread the gospel. And that, and that's, that's, they're focusing on that. And, and it was, and it was so fruitful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. So that's where I'm at in the Bible. And it's just super cool. Um, and it just, it's, it is convicting to me because it makes me 
think of all the times where I'm not faithful to my ministry because I know that's been one thing that I'm, you know, I just haven't been very faithful to my ministry a lot, and um, and I haven't given it my best effort, and so you know that's that's one thing, uh, and it's cool though because I know that you know I'm starting, I'm trying to recognize more what what the difference is between conviction and condemnation too, mm-hmm. so like you know I think that. For me, a lot of the time I'd feel condemned for that, like I'd want to run away. But this time, it's it feels more like a like, hey, like like we just got to keep pushing. You know, it's mm, it's you know, powerful, yes, yeah. you know, it, I'm I'm wanting to run more towards it and not away from it. Um, and so that's cool. Other than that, man, let's see. Definitely just trying to you know trying to figure out the balance of life. Still, you know, I'm not a good scheduler. I get it. <laughs> And, you know, that's one thing I tend to throw my life and other people's lives into chaos a lot of the time by not scheduling or not thinking. And um, so just trying to, like, get, get a hold on that and just trying to take steps in that, you know, I, even though if it's, it's super basic, you know, I got, like, this, this little calendar app in my phone just trying to write stuff down, trying to, like, remember, trying to remember, like, hey, you know, you're, this isn't hopeless, because I think a lot of the time I, I can get caught up in this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to be a, a ball of chaos all the time and just cause that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's not true, man. I know that, you know, it is possible. So, yeah, I guess that's just a little small update. Just trying to become a better scheduler, and, man, my Bible reading has been awesome lately. It is awesome, man. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking <clears throat> when you're talking about um, the Bible and how, you know, it kind of inspires you and all that stuff from what you see. We're going to talk about an organization here in a little bit, and there's a line that made me think of immediately. Um, you know, when you talk about Jesus, a lot of times non-Christians can say, yeah, Jesus is cool sometimes, right? But I hate his followers, right? Mm. Um, I do think there's a misunderstanding of, of the gospel in that still, right? Because people are flawed. But I was thinking about that's part of why we read, right? Why he calls us to read, because so we can remember the pure truth. So, like, when you read Acts, right, you're getting to see excuse me, the heart and the way it's supposed to be in the church. And that's inspiring, and it kind of gives us that encouragement to keep pushing towards that. So if we all did that, right? If we were all consistent in reading the Word, which we should be, but let's be real, we're not all as believers. And we were all inspired to live like that, we would all do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So it's kind of cool that you share that, man, because it's just had this thought of that's that's how we stay focused on the ideal, Hmm. You know, because that is possible. It is possible it to, is. to do those things. Right? It wouldn't be in there if it wasn't. Exactly. So it's that's encouraging to hear and, and just had that thought as you were talking. Yeah. As far as scheduling, man, I get it. <laughs> I try to find this place in my own life because we are similar in that where, like, how that I can function, <laughs> meaning work in a professional world where you're interacting with other people because you have to schedule things while also recognizing what I am and who I am, you know? So <laughs> it's for me, weird, man. And it's funny because a lot of times I've been like, here's how I do it to you guys. But it's like, 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 it's tough to, I don't know, it's just tough to do that. You got to find the way that works for you, you know? And that's, I get it. That's hard because I think for a long time I tried to do it certain ways because that's the way you're told to do it. When mm-hmm. really what you got to do, you just find a way that works, to stay organized, you know what I mean? And that looks different yeah. for different people. So I think it's cool that you're you're saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, man. And I don't know about you. Use the calendar in a way. 
and I don't I don't know about you because I know you I feel like you've said stuff stiff like I think you've actually literally said this so I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. but like when it comes to scheduling, do you ever just feel like you're just like on borrowed time? How so? Like, I. It's probably why I get anxious a lot. Like so, like I'm just like as soon as I wake up, I'm like, oh yeah, it's just what go, go, am bro. I? Yes, like like it's borrowed time, like. It almost just feels like you don't control your schedule. Exactly. No, I absolutely feel that way. It's part of why I think we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Mad Max found this out too, and I, I had read it before as well. That in Japan, I believe they have a term for it. And I don't remember the term. Oh yeah. But it's a term for why people like that thing we do when we have to get up early, but we still stay up really late, and it's it's because our our schedules are so structured. That some people rebel by staying up late, even though it may cost them, you know, being tired or whatnot, just because they want to have some part of their day that feels like it's theirs. It's free. It's almost like a rebellion against the structure. Interesting. So, yeah, I definitely, and that's me, I do that. And I think, I mean, I can't sleep, but on top of that, even if I could, I would probably stay up later than I should. (laughs) But I definitely feel that way, man. It just feels like, one thing I'm starting to learn about myself that kind of goes with what you just said, is I really am... I, I am I'm I can be I don't want to say manipulated but I can be driven by other people <clears throat> a lot more than I want to admit. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you were to come up to me and say, "Hey Todd, I really need you to do this," and if you're a good guy, you would do this. I may not want to admit it to myself, but I think subconsciously I can find myself going, "Oh, okay, well I'll do it," even if it's unhealthy, even if I don't have time, because that's what a good guy does, right? Mm. And and I think it all fits. To that feeling of like, man, I'm just constantly because I end up getting tricked that anything for myself is selfish, whether that's rest, whether that's fun. Yeah, I've been told by a couple people just in the last few weeks, it's the weirdest thing that like, hey, you don't ever have fun. I think I talked about this last week. I think you might have, and it came up again though. Is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, because we had this. Our men's group was sort of challenged our our men's program to ask people how we come across as a man to them, and one of the people said, "You just come across as someone who never." lets themselves have fun, never has fun. And it makes me sad for you. And it wasn't like um, arrogantly said to me. It was just really honest. Yeah. I was like, dang, man. It is true, though, you know? But even saying that to you feels like I'm whining. Because fun feels like you're not allowed to have fun. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, dude. And and because of the nature of my job, or because of the nature of being in ministry, you almost, I always feel like, I don't know if you ever feel this way, you almost feel like you're trying to prove to people that, you're, you're doing something that's worth being paid. Does that make sense? Mm. Right? Yeah. So, I can't, so, I that. so other people may work 10 hours, but in order for me to really earn it, because I'm essentially a slave, I've got to work 16. You know what I mean? I've got to leave no doubt. I got you. Yep. So for Wednesdays, for instance, and you know this around here, and, and today we're filming a day later. It's a long story. Mm-hmm. They're crazy. They're crazy oh, for Oh, it's us. nonstop. For really all of us. Oh, yeah, it's nonstop room. today. And you add in filming. Mm-hmm. And I literally look at my day today. <laughs> and there is not a single moment that is not scheduled all the way until let's be realistic, probably eleven thirty tonight. You know, and, and I and, and I got to fit 100%. in. And so, how do you how do you find enjoyment and joy in that kind of a day? Okay, and this is that's that's a great question because put aside because you're right. I don't. I'm not doing something that I want to do for fun in that day. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't make time for that even in days that I could. So I'm not complaining necessarily. Dude, what I have settled in, the only thing I settle in is I love the mission. I love kingdom work. 
Mm. And I and I try to remember I'm getting to love and spend time with people. That's and, good. And, and honestly, I'm not trying to sound holier. Those are just the only two things. Because if I say I approach a meeting with someone as I have to go to a meeting, I even hate calling it that, right? But I have it, one. Actually. I have does. one after this. I have one after this show. Yeah. Okay. To go over, we have a class that we're a leadership class that our church is is doing for for member for people in the church, right? If they want to sign up. And so there's another couple guys that are teaching at this time. So mm-hmm. I'm going over the uh, the uh, syllabus, essentially, the outline with them. If I look at that as just that, I can be like, this is, this stinks, right? Mm-hmm. But if I look at it as I get to spend time with this guy and go over something that I'm passionate about, it makes it a little better. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So that's how I do it, man. Perspective. And, and, and you know this, both of you, more than anyone. I don't always do it well because mm. my mindset is I end up getting stuck in the like, boom, boom. But I'm weird, man. Boom, boom, boom. One, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like, think about it. You even said this, I think, a couple weeks ago. Man, you had a crazy day, but you seem in a really good mood. Sometimes, weirdly enough, that makes me feel alive. Yeah. Not every time. <laughs> Not every time. But, you know, the, case, the craziness <laughs> of it. So I think that's part of it, too. Yeah, dude. Because in it's my just... free time, I get sad. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh dang it. <laughs> so, which is not good. I, I was we just probably sound crazy to you guys out there. Sorry. Yeah. No, exactly. And I, I guess the reason why I ask is because, like, I know for me, a reason the reason why I it probably goes back to lack of organization in my life. But I know that life feels very chaotic to me. It, it's interesting. It feels chaotic, but also feels very, very scheduled at the same time. It's it's weird. It's hard to explain. It's like be, it's like I know things are there that are, like they're not. It's almost like they're there as placeholders because I know those things are going to happen. But then I also know that all the stuff in between is just like there's just no organization. So even – and I feel like that's leaked so much into my life that now that um, it's affecting me even in the the placeholders. Mm. Like the placeholders are no longer consistent. And so then it makes it feel even more out of control. And so it's like for me – it, 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 I guess it all just feels like a giant ball of just chaos rolling down a hill a lot of the time, and that's probably why I can get so like overwhelmed. But here's something that'll make you realize where you're at. Sometimes a question that: What would you? What do you want to be doing? Well, say you didn't have that. What would you be doing? That's that's the weird part. I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. That's that, that's something that I ponder too. Uh huh. But anyways, no, that that's good stuff, man. I appreciate you sp- like talking about it because it does make me think about like it gives me good perspective on like life and like I don't know. I know that it's a battle, dude. It is a battle, and, and like, like you said, you have to find enjoyment. It's all about perspective in those moments. So I appreciate that. But what about you, man? How, how about life for you? Um, it's all right, dude. I, I don't know. I keep telling people I'm going through an existential crisis, right? I, I the meaning of life and all this stuff, and. Life is so short, and I know you've talked about this a lot, and it's just been hitting me lately. And I think lately I have to be very intentional about not thinking about what could have been. Does that make sense? And, 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 oh, yeah. and that's both personally, and, and I'm not, a lot of times I can spend, if I'm in the wrong place, you know, one of my flaws for myself that's not healthy is I tend to analyze past mistakes and sins and like what if I'd done this and it's it's just not useful. But when I'm but I'm talking even more than that of like, man, like this is this is life, right? And what do I do with that? And how do I how do I I'm so blessed. 
I'm very blessed. I am. Okay. I'm blessed to be here with you guys. I'm blessed to have a drink here. I'm blessed to breathe. You know, I mm. you take a lot of those things away and I would be really realizing how bad life can be. So I feel stupid saying it sometimes, but at the same time, I don't know, man. I think that's where you're at though. Yeah. And I, I won't say I've tried to talk to you guys about this a little. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm sad, but I feel bittersweet's the closest I can think to say it. Or like, I don't even know. That's the only way because it's not sad. And you're like, well, Todd, how can it feel bittersweet when it's? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. So, this is real talk, and and I should be playing a character and being more joyful here. But it, I'm trying to explain a feeling, hmm. and I wrestle a lot with my faith. Um, lately because of, we're going to be talking about this, because of the structure of our faith. Because I often think that if I hadn't met Jesus, right, and I really do, if I, part of my story is I was saved and then I didn't get to go to church. And it was bad in a lot of ways. It led to hurt. But also I, I did read the New Testament and I read it. And so the Jesus I met Sort of, I had this. I sort of had this weird foundation of what who Jesus was before I really started attending church. Hmm. And I don't mean that that is not the ideal way. Okay, so hear me on that. I'm just thinking through. But I often wonder, knowing my personality, God probably knew that I would struggle to ever really meet Him and hear what He had to say if I had gone to church first. Because I get so hurt and so confused by the way things are when I see. It's funny you were talking about what you're talking about. When I read what Jesus said, and I see how, how the church functions, and the church with a capital C, all of us, right? The, the culture we've created. And we've talked about this a lot on the show. You know, the, for instance, the most hate I've ever gotten from this show, right? We almost, someone tried to cancel us. Mm-hmm. Is because I said that a guy, a pastor, who 20 years ago had, had you know, taken advantage of a 16-year-old girl, mm-hmm. okay? and it was wrong. I've never, and I, and I said that day I was wrong. And it was, this was national news. Most of you probably know what I'm talking about. It's close yeah. to us. And all I said was that, I, that Jesus wants that pastor to be safe too. And that we didn't have to choose between supporting the victim and wanting good for the offender. Do you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and hear me on this. And somehow, by people that are supposedly Christians, I mean, I got just decimated we've talked about that 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 situation really bothered me man even outside of us i mean they were attacking us trying to you know it was like a pack of hyenas oh yeah well then on top of that man i'll never forget this wasn't even ours you remember on social media someone else there was like a an article and people were commenting right and i'll never forget someone claiming to be a christian saying we should take him out and stone him Wild, and I just sat there, and people were liking this, and I'm just, sitting there going, just an almost. The, dude, the, the, the incredible irony of Jesus in, having a story where Jesus stood in front of an adulteress and said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. And I'm not talking about like, I know I could get really deeply philosophical. I know that I'm flawed and sinful, so it's not that. It's not... I know that the church is made up of imperfect people, and that's why we need a Savior. I know yeah. that. But when it comes to areas of forgiveness and love and what the ideal should be, I just can't fathom it. And it ends up rocking my faith a little bit. 
and also my own actions, how I act and how I can, you know, I know scripturally it makes sense that there's a part of me that's still not sanctified. That's, you know, I'm, I'm on a journey to become more like Jesus and the Holy Spirit's changing me. And so, I'm, so you add my own flaws, sins, and mistakes. That's hard enough, right, to walk that journey because you doubt yourself. But then oh, yeah. you see this, this Christianity that we're being sold and told about and that I'm a part of. And I can't understand it, man. Hmm. I can't understand it. We even had a situation last week. I, I think it's okay to tell this story because I'm not saying anything. So one of our interns for like we were in our program, I had a guy from the church come and goes, Hey, Todd, I need to talk to you and this other guy. We'll call the other guy Rick from our church. I was like, what in the world? So he takes us out and he says, Hey man, I was I was out making a he's a salesman. He's like, I'm making a sales talking to these, these people that were going that go to a church here in town, another church. And he said, These people told us when he brought Rick brought up, yeah, I go to the, you know, the remnant, which is the church that sponsors the show. You know, I love it, blah, blah, blah. They said, Yeah, I've heard some stuff. I heard that church made Rick, told Rick he couldn't talk to his parents. Right? Which is so weird. So let's, let's put aside for a second that that's weird, right? Oh, absolutely. Multiple times this specific church, and we all have our issues, okay, so I'm not. But, I mean, the culture just, and couldn't fathom how that could be wrong to go around saying things that are unsubstantiated and how, I mean, just these people claim to be, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And so what you end up with when I'm in a positive place is that, most Christians, even those that are saved, are so immature. I think of Paul when he said, you know, you need to get off the milk and get some real meat here. It's time to grow up, you know, be a little more mature. Most Christians in America seem to be completely content to still suck off the bottle and don't want to spiritually mature. Because part of spiritual maturity is understanding, you know, the radical call of Jesus that you shouldn't go around trashing people, that the world's going to trash us enough. We shouldn't be attacking each other. And we've talked about this over and over. We're so consumed on the show we have. We're so consumed with, we say we're wanting to protect the flock from wolves, but we're just shooting sheep. Because mm-hmm. we're like, I'd, I'd rather shoot a few sheep and, and hit one of the, the wolves in sheep's clothing than I would, you know, just love everyone and let Jesus separate them at the end, even though he said that's what's going to happen right the wheat and the tares sheep and the goats he's the one that's going to separate them and it's just so wild man and i and i know i'm probably rambling and ranting but that's kind of where i'm at it ends up discouraging me because i can even get frustrated i don't want to say frustrated with god but it makes me question because i'm like how can this be how can you want your people to destroy others of your people and this isn't just me i've seen it with other people and seem to be content to not, I mean, destroy them. When your word says that's not, it doesn't make any sense. So a lot of times I'm like, am I a part of that? Am I, like, how can those people be the same? How can those people, like, even look at some of these pastors that were, have fallen, right? And the, we talk, we've talked about some of them. Yeah. And people are, like, happy. They don't want to accept that they could be still Christians. They always want to say, man, David literally slept with another man's wife and killed killed that man's wife. I mean, that wife, that woman's husband. And I'm not saying that, hey, it's okay, we can all, you know, there were serious consequences. Oh, absolutely. Peter, look what that, he l- denied Christ and ran off. Yeah. And But we want to act like that it's not possible for a Christian pastor, for instance, or any Christian, to be an alcoholic, to, be a, to fall into drugs, to fall into pornography, to fall into adultery, or choose adultery, to make mistakes. And we have to immediately say, well, they don't know Jesus. 
Amen. And it's like those sins are serious, right? And there's, there's, there's direction in the Bible about how to handle sin in the church, and God takes it very seriously. Yeah. But the goal of all of that is what? Restoration. Restoration, and to bring and to heal them and to call them to repentance. And it's just like, man, we just don't live in that world. And I don't, I, it's probably coming out, like it hurts me, man, because I do, it makes me question everything. I don't know if I'm making sense because it feels like I'm following something and I'm not the only one. So four of us like, he thinks he's above everyone. <laughs> People get on here. I don't yeah. say that. That's the problem. I know I'm a sinner. But I'll tell you this, because I know I'm a sinner, I've been forgiven much, so I forgive much. Amen. And I feel like we just don't do that, you know, and it's just so odd. And I, and I can name multiple, you guys know, multiple interactions with people whose sole desire is to destroy. They claim to be Christians, and their desire is to destroy, never to restore, never to have peace. And I, I just don't get it. And I think lately, as I get older, you know, and it's just been weighing on me, and I don't, I think sometimes I even keep myself busy, so I don't, because I don't want to think about it. Because mm-hmm. when I think about it, it leads me down paths in my mind I don't want to go down. You know, and I, and B.S., Clearly, I've had to think about it. Like, you can't run from that stuff. No, it catches up to you eventually. And that's why going back, what I think is cool, what you showed, is that you have to go back to Jesus, and you have to go back to the, the way he told us to do things because it reminds you that, hey, Todd, AJ, everyone, this is, this is how I wanted it to be. And if people mm-hmm. did what I wanted you to do, if you did what I wanted you to do, all of you, including me, this is how it would be. Man, and we just, we don't. And, and that's, I guess I'm convicted because I need to spend more time even. It's funny because I showed you my list of like possible messages. The book of Acts is on there. So yeah. It's funny that you've been like so excited about it. Oh, dude. Because maybe, maybe that's a sign I need to get back into that one and just see the beauty of the early church, man, and what it's supposed to be. And by the way, the church in America, I mean, for all of its evil, there's a lot of beauty too. I've seen beautiful things, you know, in God's people. But it's just hard, you know? Does that make sense, or did I just... Oh, it makes 100% makes sense. I do think that one thing that, that came to my mind as you were talking is that people... Well, one, one thing, I think you're right. Immature Christians, they don't want to grow. Me too. I'm immature in a lot of ways. Um, but also, one thing that came to mind was I don't think people... Uh, to me, it took me to two places. People either don't... Under, like, people don't recognize the ripple they can cause... Mm when they do these kind of things mm-hmm. or they just don't care. Either <laughs> way, man. And I think that's the one that is scary. Yes. Um, and and that's Jesus where told us there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of tears with the wheat. There's a lot of goats in with the sheep. And that's where it's hard because like like you said, like we can't just, you know, shoot a sheep, you know, when we think it's a wolf. Mm-hmm. So it's like we know that that's not our job. That's not like, mm-hmm. and, but it, it's also, and that's why, that's when you talk about the love of Christ being radical. I mean, he loved the traitor, you know, like, like, it's good, man. <laughs> so it's like, more than one. He exactly, you know, you know, I think of Judas, you know, and he knew he was going to betray him and lead him to his death, but yet he still loved the, loved the guy up until the very moment he walked away to go do what he knew he was going to do. And so, like, it's good. It's hard, man, it's because. You know, we there's that part of me. I can I can confess that there's that part of me that wants to be defensive of like people. Me too. You know, and like you don't want to like let people in sometimes, or you don't want them to come close because you're like I'm I'm nervous that you are a wolf or whatever it may be. And you know, I think that it's you know it's that's where 
true radical, you know, love of Christ comes in. Like, and that's what we're supposed to do is that's not up to us. We're just supposed to love those people. And it's hard. But that's the <laughs> thing. We call, we call people that sin, that seen wolves. When I think a wolf that it would talk about, right, and the idea that it really we would think of is, not, is someone who's intentionally misinterpreting the word of God, right? That's really and, good. And, and I feel like instead we've said anyone that sins and gets caught is a wolf. And that's so stupid. It's yes. so stupid. Oh, yeah. Even how not, we differentiate. at yourself. Yeah, even how we differentiate. I thought about this once, right? We have this thing of like, well, if so, as long as someone confesses their sin before they're caught, then they really mean it. But when I look at Matthew 18, it actually says, if your brother sins, go to him. If he repents, you've won your brother. Exactly. So clearly in that case, it's not always that the person sees it or confesses it. They, it's, it's your response when confronted with it. Yes. And... But we've changed that, haven't we? We've made it to where it's more palatable to us. Here, here's an easy way to know if the person meant it. Did they get caught or did they say it? And it's like, man, and that's just in anything. And I just, I don't know. I, I, it's so overwhelming um, yeah. sometimes. And, but that's even that's not my place. You know, my place is to love God and love people. But it makes it hard. And it makes, I guess, I get why people would be afraid to be in the church today. Because the pressure, because what if I do screw up? What are you going to do to me? Exactly. Not That's only terrifying. not only will you get rid of me, and I'm not talking about listen, un, unrepentant sin's different, and the Bible's very clear on that, right? When you when you say I'm choosing sin over God, you're confronted with it, and you say I'm not going to change. You're going. You're not. You can't be in the body, right? That's that's not the stuff I'm talking about. That makes sense. I'm talking about when someone does wrong confesses it or is confronted and confesses it and they're still punished they're still cast out and not only that let me tell the whole community of the whole world about how bad you are so not only do you do we hurt them in the church but we like want to hurt them in life you know outside of that yeah man it's so weird so hear me i want to be clear church discipline's real and i have no issue with with unrepentant believers being dealt with appropriately but yes. even then if i if someone in our church and this has happened ends up to where they're at the end we've had to do this twice in our church, which is lack of, we get to the end of Matthew 18 where they can no longer be a part of our body because they refuse to repent, right? I still don't go out and tell random people, hey, Joe is a piece of crap. And just so you guys know, he's an unrepentant sinner. Like, I don't do that. It's not what it's meant for. He feels the weight of not being a part of our community. And I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. But most people are like, nah, on the way out, I'm going to make sure he dies. And that's like, dude, you're missing the point. The point is so that, Joe, in this case, right, comes home, That's repents, right. feels the weight of his mistakes, realizes that what he's been seeking in that sin is not there, and so he wants to come home. I think a lot of people forget at the end of the day about that restoration, and they're more concerned with the punishment. Yeah, exactly. They want they think, want retribution, the, exactly. not I think, restoration. I they want the retribution for the pain they feel. Yeah, the, it's and, almost like the punishment's mm-hmm. like to protect themselves. Exactly, because they can't understand that what it actually means, what it actually says. In the, you can't understand how radical this cult is. You can't understand what Jesus says this, and and, and maybe you can, and maybe this, and maybe I'm out of line. No, but no. I think there's a lot of people you can't you can't fathom how much Jesus loves us and mm-hmm. what he has told us to do. You can't fathom and how it. radical it is. Exactly. It's it is so radical. it's so countercultural. It's so counter whatever you you had in the world. You forget what you were when you came to know him. Yeah, and it's different. You know, when you're sinned against, you're still called to forgive, but I mean, there's real hurt there. 
Yeah. Okay? And I'm not saying that someone that's, so let's say in that case of the, the pastor we talked about and that the, the woman who was 16, right? Yeah. The hurt she feels, it's probably going to be a while, you know, as she heals. Forgiveness is a choice every day. And no one's saying that she can't be upset or hurt or take time, but her heart's desire, right? And I believe that. So I've heard some of the conversations, like, I mean, the interviews, you know, I think that's her heart's desire long term. But it's the people that aren't even directly involved that say, no, no, I want to be the executioner. You know, stuff like that's what bothers me. I'm not yeah. saying that when you're offended against, that you're not, that you have to, like, take that relationship back or, you know, even be in an intimate relationship or you can't hurt. Of course you can. We're talking about someone not even involved that takes it upon themselves to be judged during execution. And it's just like, it reminds me in Scripture of, I believe it's in Romans, but he says, you know, who are you to judge another man's servant? And what he means in that is not that we can't hold each other accountable. It's like, you better be careful what you're saying, you know, how you're talking to my people, right? Like, that's yeah. my servant, not your servant. That's your brother. I'll handle that. And I don't know. It's just, so that's good stuff you said, retribution or restoration. I think you're right. And, and I admit, you know, and I sin in my heart because... And I've said this many times. Sometimes I'm so mad at those people that I become them towards those people. Mm. Like, I don't necessarily go trash them, but I want nothing to do with them. Instead of viewing like it's possible. I mean, it has to be. Some of those are real believers that do that who are just confused in that area. And that can't be any different than the believer who struggles with pornography, right? Like, there's believers that do that, and it looks like they don't based on their actions. Well, I have to assume that's the case for those people, those those executioners that some of them truly know Jesus and they're just there's going to come a time when they grow and open their eyes to that right we're all in the right because there's areas I'm I'm blind to or weekend but there's That's a really lot good, but there's a lot that aren't mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just being honest there's a lot that aren't and it's shown Jesus says it very clearly this is this this one's an interesting thought that hit me does Jesus say you will know them by their lack of works of the flesh right no. he says you will know them by their fruit so this is kind of deep right so don't judge them by the ways in which they still sin and are still growing, judge them by whether or not they have any fruit. That's really good, man. Right? Does that make sense? Yep. The fruit of the good works, right? Are they, you know, peace, patience, love, joy, forgiveness, all these things, love, agape, love. That's how you will know one is my disciple, not whether or not they, the sins they're still, that I'm still working on them in. It's you know really what I mean? Good, man. But that's not what we do in the church. No. We judge Christians based on how clean they look. Get it? Yep. Like, oh, which yeah. sins are they? Because we'll all say we're all sinners, but the truth is we only care about, like, four. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, who cares if someone's arrogant? Who cares if someone's unforgiving? Who cares if someone is hateful? Who cares if any of those things, right? Who cares if someone doesn't love his wife? Who cares if someone doesn't submit to her husband? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares, right? As long as they what, aren't a caught, aren't a drug dealer, don't go to jail, don't commit adultery, don't get caught looking at porn, all of these things. As long as they don't do those, they're good. And that's not minimizing those sins. Those are serious. It's just, yes. it's, you know, God takes, reminds me of the woe of you, right? Like, what was you? you? You take care of the, you give a tenth and all these things, but you neglect the greater things of the law, right? Justice, mercy. Yes. All those. So anyway, just a thought. Well, it's good, man. I'm sorry to rant. It's no, just, it's really I, good I guess stuff. I'm just still in that place, man, where I'm not necessarily, hopefully I don't seem depressed. It's just, it's hard, dude. It is hard. It's hard. And, and I know, before anyone says this, listen to me, random person who came on here to hate me. I know that I'm fallen. And I can tell you, I don't deserve God's grace. And I don't deserve people's grace. I don't deserve it. I'm just saying what the master said. 
That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm focusing on. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And the, you it's know, not my words; it's his. Yes, so. and that speaking of that, it reminds me of even Paul. You know, when Paul talks about, you know, it is no longer I, but the sin in me, and he like does that. These things, yeah. Yes, and so Romans it's like seven. that makes me think about like how often do we view people as tra- as transformed? You know, we don't, right? Because. Paul himself in that chapter is what's so interesting. He admits that he still does things he doesn't want to do, which means he sins at times. This encouraging chapter, even though it says like it's not, sounds like it's not because he's saying, but I know that isn't the real me. The real me is the one that delights in God's law because it knows it's wrong. Yep. Right? If you know, does that make sense? It's very deep. Anyway, it's good stuff. Yeah, dude. So I know we can move on. Thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely, man. I thought it was a great conversation. I loved it. Thank you guys for the... Great conversation and for listening. So I guess we can move on to questions. Sure. And I think I have the first one to ask you. All right. All right, number one. Would you like to see Rey Mysterio turn heel? Rey Mysterio is a WWE wrestler. Yes, and heel, it means bad guy. Um, I really wonder who asked this question. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> Start with B. Um, I think it would be interesting uh, maybe after he uh, faces his son, Dominic. Um, maybe he joins his little bad guy faction they have over there, but we've lost everybody else. I know it's like this is a so yes or no? Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. You, so you want that? Um, I, I it'd be interesting to see what he does as a heel because I don't know if he's ever really played one. Yeah, I would say no. I don't like it. I like that there's some guys that are just good guys. <laughs> That's true though. You do need him. So he and he no, is. You hate him. You hate every good guy. <laughs> Literally, he's never liked oh, yeah. a good guy. By the way, he brought up good points. So we have this deep talk, and then it, we go into, would you like if Ray Mysterio turned heel? It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I love the question. If you are married and the wife or husband decides to become transgender, and biblically, if the wife or husband decides they can't support them for biblical reasons, do they have the choice of divorce? Very, very good question. Very good question. Um, in fact, I saw this question earlier on the forum as on the sheet as we came up and my immediate answer was um yes mm-hmm. uh but then i kind of thought through some things so i'll just give you my thoughts on this <clears throat> becoming transgender is rejecting god's sovereignty okay it's rejecting the way god's order it just is oh yeah you're saying god got it wrong okay so there's that now, originally, I was like, well, clearly, because they're going to be practicing homosexuality, but that's not always the case, apparently, right? Because we've learned that apparently you can claim to be, so a man could become a transgender woman and say he's a lesbian. Let that kind of sink, sink in for a second. Yeah. It's hard to wrap my head around. Yep. <laughs> um, so, but, but, <clears throat> um, so in this case, your spouse becomes transgender. I think that you would stay with them. Now, you could be separated. Yeah. Right? Separation, you can't live that way. My initial thought was in an ideal world, right, ideal, you would stay, maybe, stay married to them and be separated, right, and hope that they repent and mm. come back. Most often in these cases, what's going to happen is the person's going to divorce you. It's just this, because they don't want to live to your standards, in which case you are free to be divorced. If they leave you and divorce you, you're, you've done no wrong in that. Yeah. 
Um, so that's the first thing I say, right? I would say that assuming you guys are members of a Bible-believing church, a Bible-believing church, I assume that the church would confront this person, enter into um, a Matthew 18 situation. You need to repent of this. You need to stop. Yep. And then if they didn't, they wouldn't be allowed to be there. In which case, they're showing themselves long-term to be unbelievers. Now, we're called to stay married to an unbeliever because for hopes that they will like not leave them just because of that. That's right. Um, because the hope that your example could bring them back. In this case, however, you're dealing with someone who claimed to be a believer. I'm assuming... We don't know that. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in here we don't know, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things you got to fill in. I think I'd be very prayerful. I would be have your church involved, and then see what that person's response is. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you can go from there. I think the direction of separation is really good. Yeah, yeah, and that's a hard situation. In fact, I know of a person. Not I don't know this person very well, but I know I knew this woman's spouse very well at one time. And this is happening, um, and it breaks my heart. I know that person has a couple of kids, yeah, um, and I can't imagine, you know, the difficulty of that for her. From what I've seen, you know, publicly, social media and stuff, she's handled it with dignity and grace, or dignity, which would be very difficult to do. Um, I mean, but clearly the person's sinning. So then it just leads you to, you certainly don't have to stay in that. Like, live there in that. You could be separated mm-hmm. and see how they respond to that and be prayerful um, and trust God. And sometimes that's going to come most li- most often in these cases, the other person divorces you. I mean, it just ha- that's what happens. It makes because sense. Because they want to go out and live this other life, in which case you're free. Mm-hmm. You know? And this is a really good question, and I like it because it, it's very... it's very culturally appropriate with what we're dealing with nowadays. Oh, yeah. I think the radical thing to do, and this is hard to say, is like you would stay married, be separated, and see what God does, and see if there's a repentance, right? Absolutely. But certainly, that's to the spouse. Um, and, be, and I'm not saying that would be easy, being prayerful and sticking with it. Not but at on all. the other hand, I think the church should be involved in that, and they should call it what it is, and should be involved in both supporting the person, the spouse who the non-transitioning spouse, right? But also holding accountable this other person. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I don't want to like seem like I'm giving a cheap answer. So if you if you because it's not, it's just there's a lot of details missing here. You know? Sure. Is, did the person claim to be a believer? All those things. I know that divorce is always the last option. So my initial thought is you'd be separated and see what happens and allow the church your church to handle the discipline side of it and see how they respond and continue to call them. Because I don't think it's inappropriate at all to say, we can't live together while you're like this. We mm-hmm. can't. It's, you know, I can't allow that, what it's doing to me, what it's doing to our kids, if you all those kinds of things. Oh, yeah, man. So hopefully that, that helps. Do you think that's... You guys, I think that's, that's a great answer. answer. Okay. I just mean that's as far as does it make sense, and I hope, hope Definitely. it makes sense. Thank you for asking that. I think it's such a good question in our modern world. It really, really is. Oh, absolutely. Feel free to give follow-up if there's more details you want to know, and I can speak into that specifically. All right. I do know that God's desire for that other spouse is repentance and restoration, too. And and that's a scary thing, man. You can make these decisions. People can make these decisions. Because I I would question whether someone like that has a true relationship with, with God, right? They could, because like we said earlier, I mean, people can be twisted. But that's what I mean by how will they respond to the church's 
challenge, right? To, yep. To the accountability. That's why and it's that's so going to show the depth of their faith, right? Yes. But so important. What's so dangerous about this stuff, man, is people, and we've seen this, right? It's it's been happening. People start to take these hormones. They start to have surgeries that they can't reverse. Mm-hmm. And that's the heart. And I've seen it. And that's the heartbreaking stuff. Is some of the because you can reverse some of the hormonal things, some of it, but you can't reverse when you when you make surgical. When you remove things or add things, like, you can't change that. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad. So, anyway, AJ. Yes. That was a great question, everyone. Number two, what are some things slash goals in your life that you have taken big steps towards lately or even made a reality? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, I'm a, this kind of goes into, like, what I was talking about earlier before we started ask, like answering questions where, you know, my, my life feels like a giant ball of chaos so often that I don't focus on goals. I think that, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, <laughs> but, um, you know, one thing that I will say, and, and this may be broad, so I'm sorry if you're looking for something specific here, that before I was a, before I was a believer, before I was saved, I was only passionate about a couple things, and that one of them was music, and I was in a band, and I, you know, played shows every weekend for a couple years, and, like, I wanted to, like, I wanted to do music, I wanted to go on tour and all that, and... Mm-hmm. And and that was one of the few things I actually truly pursued in my life for a little bit. Um, once that ended, I didn't have anything. I mean, I was just existing. And since then, when I found Jesus, Jesus was sparked something in my heart. And uh, Jesus was like I was passionate about Jesus. And it's been it's been uh, you know an up and down ride. But I mean, Jesus is like one of the few things that actually sparks my heart now. You know mm-hmm. and. So when it comes to, like, things and goals to take steps towards, man, I just want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better follower of Christ, man. Mm. And I know that probably sounds cliche. I don't think so. But, like, you know, like, I don't – it's weird because a lot of the time I don't have these specific things in my head. I just want to be – I just want to follow Jesus, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that – I mean, you definitely have when you look at your faith. I mean, like, me had goals that you've made um, – steps towards you know what mm. I mean like so that's kind of when you look at it that way yeah that that's a good way to look at it you know and like you know like loving people differently you know like I you know I know for me like that's been a big a big thing in my life is realizing that before I found Christ you know I was I thought I was good at loving people but it was a lot of it was selfish very inward focused and like you know so that's a cool goal is I think I've I've definitely become better mm. at at actually loving people for them you know not for me um so, yeah, that's a good way to look at that. So that's cool. Awesome, what about you, man? man? You got any goals you're working towards? Yeah, fun turn. Do you have any that you um, need steps towards? I'll, why, I'll think while he's... <laughs> well, I guess I've been making more steps towards my body. I've been losing weight. Well, at least losing inches. But mm-hmm. the weight part, that's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've been gaining a lot of muscle rather than losing a lot of... Uh, fat, which I think is in turn, I'm losing more fat by yeah, gaining sure. muscle. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, it's pretty much been the biggest goal. Probably I've moved towards a few others. Um, I'm an interesting guy because I've also started moving towards. I I seek affirmation and justification to do things, and I start doing it for other people. Therefore, I then start not actually pursuing the goal. Like, I'm not pursuing the goal for me, which then leads to burnout and leads to no motivation. It's it's a terrible thing. So one of the biggest things I've started doing is, is seeking things for myself. Uh, like, I, I've started up 
doing things on the side again. Like my, I started up my YouTube channel again. I started doing those that things. Really I cool. started doing awesome. um, reading more. Started doing more things to grow my mind and be adventurous. So I've been doing that. I, I've also made it a point at the place where I work. No matter if I disagree with you, you don't like me, mm. which ninety five percent of the people don't like me. Which it is what it is. There are some things I'm not going to bend on, and some of that is manhood, and some of that is men. I'm I'm gonna not my philosophy with men and and how we should be and what that is and what that looks like and and the reality of bi- biology. I'm not gonna bend. I'm not. I truth is truth. So mm. I, I've had a lot of that as well as Jesus. I I don't bend on that. Those are some of these things that I I refuse to bend on. But in the midst of that, I realized that people. Just that doesn't always give a great name to Christ because though I'm not going to bend on these things, one, I am practicing what I believe. So there are some people that are like, oh, well, at least he practices what he believes. But another thing that I've been trying to do is to also reach out to those people and say, hey, though we disagreed and you don't like me anymore, which is what it is, I'm still here to if you need help. I know that your situation is this. I know this. If you ever need help, if you ever need anything with this, let me know. I'm more than willing to help. It doesn't matter that we disagreed. At the end of the day, I may not be able to help you in every single way that I possibly can. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not financially super blessed, yeah. but I'll do what I can to help you, and I can do that. And I, I've been trying to practice, hey, we, I don't fully hate you. I don't hate you. We just disagreed. I want to, I still want to be able to help you in the areas that you need help with, mm-hmm. things like that. So it's I've been trying to do that a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like loving people in spite of mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I get you. That's cool, man. Um, yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah, pretty much the weight thing's probably been the one that I've made the most steps on, so I've lost 14.8 pounds. 14.8? It's almost 15. Um, it's been a month and a half, I think, so moving towards that. Still want to lose, like, 20 more, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, moving on. Okay. I also want, just a goal I want to do. Just, just throw it out there. I want to start, and I, it's hard to admit this, <clears throat> because of what I said earlier and I overbooked myself and people take care of my schedules, I, sometimes lately I've noticed that I've become a guy that doesn't do what he says he's going to do all the time, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a goal I'm moving towards is, <clears throat> even if it just means saying no a lot more so that when I do say yes, I know I'm going to be able to do it. You know that's really I mean? good, man. I like that. Because mm-hmm. I just, it embarrasses me kind of, you know, that, that, that's, that that's happened lately. I just, mm-hmm. anyway. So if I've done that to any of you, sorry. Um, <clears throat> Todd. Yeah. Do you know if there are any temples from the Old Testament that are still there today? Depends on what you mean. If you mean temple as in the Jewish temple, there's only one, and that referred to the temple, the holy temple built in Jerusalem, which was like the central place of worship. Um, so no, you know, that there, there's remnants of that, and they're working on rebuilding that, which is also part of, you know, Revelation, a sign. So, no, there are... In that sense, no, right? It was destroyed, and yeah. there's parts of it left, and they're rebuilt, working on rebuilding that. If you mean synagogues, excuse me, or for lack of a better word, my goodness, excuse me, are kind of like churches. So they're local places, right, that people would gather to do some study and worship and stuff. So those still happen today. If you mean temples to other gods during the Old Testament, right? Mm. Um, if you mean which the synagogues only kind of came in later in the New Testament, so I shouldn't have brought that up. But it's good to know the difference. Yeah. You mean temples to some of the old gods? Yeah, they found, they found ruins of those. It's wild. Of the, those uh, 
you know, false gods and those pagan gods, yeah. That's crazy. They've even found some of the places where it refers to, like, child sacrifice. They've found, you know, some crazy stuff. Yeah. So hope that answers your question. All right. And in, you got to know, yeah. yeah. In Genesis 12, it says, Abram told his wife to say she was his sister. Is that a sin since he lied? I'm not trying to trap you. Yep. <clears throat> it's a sin. So the situation is <clears throat> God calls him to go into the you know, land of Canaan and all this and to go into the land. He's going to give him this land. Well, then eventually they cross into Egypt, and before they go in there, uh, Abram tells his wife, Sarah, who's apparently very, very attractive, or in the young words, young people's words, she's hot, and hey. he tells her essentially, hey, you're very attractive, and they're going to notice it. Please tell them you're my sister so that they don't kill me, because the idea was if they knew his wife, they're like, well, if I want to marry her and keep her as my wife, i got to kill this husband. So they go in there, and it's Wild crazy. Times. He ends up lying. Pharaoh sees it and goes, oh, cool, this is an unmarried woman. She's very attractive. He takes her into his harem. By the way, I, you know, it makes you realize he probably slept with Sarai. Well, then God is angry, strike, puts plagues on, on Egypt, in which case Pharaoh somehow in the midst of this finds out that, like, oh, my goodness, I've taken this man's wife, and that's why this is happening. So he comes back to him and he's like, why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you tell me this was your wife? These terrible things are happening. And then they, you know, end up leaving. So um, he gives her back. Yes, that's a sin. And I think it's important to note that. We tend to look into and assume that all these people that God uses are perfect people, and they're not because there isn't any. Mm -hmm. And, well, oh, my goodness, what does that mean? It doesn't mean we emulate every one of their qualities, man, because they're not. Samson, not a great guy in a lot of ways. What we emulate is their faith and the ways in which, you know, the thing to remember about Abram is he was a faithful man and he trusted God overall, that he, he believed him. Yeah. And what? It was credited to him as righteousness. It's mm. faith and faith. It's always been about faith. So that's, yeah, it, was, it absolutely was a sin. It had consequences. Mm. All righty. AJ. Yeah. We got an article here we want to, to look at. And uh, pretty cool. So Fun Turn told us and sent us some links, um, which I guess we'll go to that one. Okay. I'll talk about the last one. I am going to hit it up because I think it's important. This is kind of what we're talking about, letting people know what really goes on. So, page five. Here we go. So, go ahead and um, what he, he, what was the organization? The videos are called He Knows. What is it? He, he feels. What was it called? Uh, he Gets Us. Oh, He Gets Us. Okay. So, go ahead, AJ. This is pretty interesting. Uh, Funturn sent us a couple, couple clips that were pretty interesting. Sure. So, uh, title of this article is, it's a hundred million ad campaign wants to fix Jesus's image uh, and his followers remain a problem. So uh, essentially this campaign is called He Gets Us. Uh, Their hope is to rescue the message of Jesus from the misdeeds of Christians. Um, So essentially they put together a hundred million dollar effort to redeem Jesus's brand for the damage done by his followers, especially those who say one thing and then do another. So that's the main focus of this article. Um, they kind of, it's cool how they've done well, hold it. Hold on with the articles. What, what did they do? They made videos. Yes. Did you say that? I was about, yeah. Okay, because I, yeah. I think it's important. So this, he, what is it? He gets us? What is it? Yeah. He gets us. They made these videos, these ads, black and white ads. Go ahead. These yes. Ads. And they, uh, it's, it's, so it's essentially they do like a Jesus is a rebel, an activist, a host of a dinner party. Um, and it's reached more than 300 million people. Um, I'm sorry, it's been viewed more than 300 million times. My bad. I wonder if we can just pop that one on here on the screen right now. I could. Mm-hmm. I and, and let them see that. Sure. Oh, yeah. So, um, or how would you do that? You just like, would it pop it on? Do I need to pause right now and then it'll show and then we'll come back to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So like maybe like right now. A rebel took to the streets. He recruited others to join him. They roamed the hood and challenged authority. Community leaders feared them. Religious leaders abhorred them. We have to get them off the streets, they said. But they weren't part of a gang spreading hate and terror. They were spreading love. Anyway, there you go. So you showed them the, uh, I believe, was it the Rebel one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's so a- you saw that one. Yep. I mean, it's pretty interesting stuff. Oh, it's, it's such a cool, like, cool idea. Yeah, concept. I love it. Um, so that's what it's about. And then they put up billboards with messages like, Jesus let his hair down too. Jesus went all in in major cities like New York and Las Vegas. $100 million. Yes, man. It's, oh, yeah. and, and the, to me, they're trying to essentially, I don't, and this is where I'm kind of confused. I don't know if they're trying to like fund for the Super Bowl ad or, they, or they've already got that. that that's just going to be the end of the campaign. It's, it's, it's going to culminate. No, listen, there's going to be a Super Bowl. This isn't a, oh, yeah. this isn't a maybe. Gotcha. So what it's saying is, it's this. It, they have the website. There's an online store. They can get free gear if they forgive someone or welcome a stranger. And there's an outreach program. And then it, it's all leading up. These videos are going to all lead up to a culmination of a Super Bowl ad, which is amazing. Because That's this so is backed cool. by, according to Fun Term, anonymous billionaires. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. Um, yep. So the big the big issue here is this. This is pretty crazy. So they uh, this campaign did market research. They hired these people who found out that many Americans. Love Jesus, like Jesus, I mean, but they are skeptical as followers. Mm-hmm. So most people in this category, they kind of broke Americans into four categories. Non-Christians, which is 16% of the sample. People who are spiritually open, 20% of the sample. Jesus followers, 34% of the sample. And engaged Christians, 30% of the sample. Yep. It showed a wide gap between the first three groups in the last category. Most people in the first three categories said the behavior of Christians is a barrier to faith. And more than two-thirds agreed when asked, followers of Jesus say one thing but do not follow in practice. Wow. Um, and then they talk about a scandal involving Herschel Walker, former football star turned outspoken anti-abortion senator candidate who allegedly pressured a girlfriend to have an abortion. Um, seems to fit how many of those outside the church see Christians, especially after many of his supporters rallied around Walker despite the scandal. Now, here's the thing. I want to say this next part's very interesting. Ironically, the ideas that Jesus loved all people and warned about religious hypocrisy were seen as very important to engage Christians and Jesus followers in the research but were not seen as very important to the non-Christians or spiritually open. So they're judging Christians for being hypocrites, but they don't actually personally think that's very important. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here's something I want to stop right now and say. The Herschel Walker story. People, what I don't like about this is, is people, yes, Christians don't do what they say they're going to do, but that's why we need a savior. Absolutely. And so in a weird way, Sometimes I think we twist the message by not explaining the message. The message is we aren't good enough. The message is we are a beautiful disaster. The message is we do sin and fall short of the glory of God, and that's why we need Jesus. Jesus and what he tells us is perfect. His followers, though they strive for that, can fail. So even Herschel Walker doing that, who knows what age that was? Who knows where he, who he was before? So it's ridiculous to, to judge that. So that's the only thing I don't like about the message of what this is saying, not the videos, this article. Because the article is implying like, well, because Christians don't do what they say they're going to do. Listen, man, there's a lot of times that I have not done what Jesus taught, even though I teach it. Not because I'm a hypocrite. A hypocrite would, would teach it and intentionally not do it. 
right? Would you be like, you have to do it, but not me? Other, yeah. like, it's not that to say, hey, we all need to aim for this. Exactly. And sometimes there's that makes a difference. Sense? So I just uh-huh. want to stop and say that. And, and here, here, not that we shouldn't take it serious because we definitely should understand our actions affect, you know, ref- or reflect Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing about this article is, I could have, I, I actually looked for another article because obviously this article is almost trying to be slanted against this movement. Mm. If you read the whole article and as they go on, they're gonna, you're going to see more instances of them trying to be mm-hmm. that way. When you look at everybody else who's done this, non-Christian and Christian articles, I really couldn't find one that was not, they, they were all pretty much in the same area. They were finding other things to be almost slanted about, to throw into the arg- article, to be like controversial. But all the articles about this movement are distinctly positive about the movement. Like they physically, this is the most information I could find with it. But yeah. across the board, most of these these articles were ironically like, this is a good thing. I like this art. I like this. Like, it's doing good work. Like, we can't really, we haven't found any fault in it. Like, hmm. it, it was very interesting to see the, the idea that they threw in the Herschel Walker thing. But that's only so the article can be kind of controversial. Sure. Yeah. And, and to, to its credit, at the end, uh, the guy, what's his name, Vanderground, who is, goodness, I can't remember who that guy is. Do you know off the top of your head? Um, I believe he was. He wow. is, oh, Jason Vanderground, the president of Haven, a branding firm based in Grand Haven, said the movement hopes to bridge a gap between the story of Jesus and the public perception of his followers. So he does say this at the end of the article, which I think is pretty cool. He says, our research shows that many people's only exposure to Jesus is through Christians who reflect him imperfectly. So he's saying, it's mm-hmm. not that they're trying. And too often in ways that create a distorted or incomplete picture of his radical compassion and love for others, said Vanderground. We believe it's more important now than ever for the real authentic Jesus to be represented in the public marketplace as he is in the Bible, which, by the way, is what we're all about here, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, Vanderground hopes the ideals of Jesus as portrayed in the ads might help change American culture if they're more broadly accepted. He also hopes more Christians will begin to live out the teachings of Jesus. So it's really, really cool, man. Um, he gets us, does not represent any church or religious denomination, not a political organization. It's a campaign designed to create cultural change in the way people think about Jesus and his revel- relevance in our lives. It's right up our alley, like as far as the church is sponsored. So it's really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you guys can check that out at He Gets Us. Just type that in. It looks like it's hegetsus.com. Yep. So he gets us.com and uh, the videos you saw one, they're on YouTube. Uh, we can go through yep. They're pretty cool. Yep, and there's a whole wide library. It's very cool. Yeah. So good, good find there, fun turn. I want to throw one more thing out for you guys, and I, there's not a ton to talk about here other than you need to understand this happens. So last week, two weeks ago, we mentioned Andrew Tate. They asked us what we thought about him, a controversial guy. Mm-hmm. And I said, it doesn't matter what you view about him. It's concerning because when this guy got, quote, canceled, they shut his bank account down. They shut down his access to Uber. They shut down his server to his website, everything. They just said, you're done, right? Yep. His bank accounts. Here's the article. This comes from the Christian Post. Religious nonprofit group led by former U.S. Ambassador Sam Brownback says Chase closed its bank account. And the, the headline is, what happens, I mean, the subtitle is, what happens when they start debanking pastors and Christian business people? So a part, nonpartisan, faith-based nonprofit organization led by former United States for, Ambassador for Religious Freedom says its Chase Bank account was abruptly closed with little explanation. The National Committee for Religious Freedom, and to be fair, we haven't looked too much into this, but it doesn't matter. It's a 501c4 political action nonprofit whose stated mission is focused on, quote, defending the right of everyone in America to live one's faith freely. Sounds pretty good. Open an account with Chase in April. 
Uh, Sam Brownback, NCRF chairman, former ambassador for international religious freedom under the Trump administration, hmm, wrote in a piece published by the Christian Post that NCRF initially had a very positive experience with the bank, but less than three weeks after it was opened, Chase informed them on May 6th the bank would be closing their account. Um, there was never an official cause given, and when they, when the official nonprofit official went to make a deposit, the clerk just said the account was closed. According to them, the executive director of NCRF, Justin Murphy, reached out to the information on the move, and he was told that it was the only information he got was quote it was made at quote the corporate level. It's wow. secret, it's irrevocable, and that's the all all the information we can get. Uh, after Chase employees initially told them they were prohibited from providing any explanations, the bank later said they failed to provide requested documentation within 60 days, even though the account had only been open for 20 days. Wow. Hmm. That's odd. Um, after looking further into, into the issue, it's a representative for the Chase Executive Office, identified only as Chi-Chi, <laughs> so ridiculous, contacted Murphy and explained that it might be possible to continue the business relationship if they could provide some further details about the nonprofit's political activities. Whoa. They, that included a providing a list of donors who have given more than 10% of their operating budget, a list of candidates they intend to support, and the criteria which they use to decide whom it supports. Are you kidding? Wow. Wild, man. If they provide those to Chase, he was told the bank could, quote, potentially consider reopening the account. Um, he said, Brownback, who described the Chase Leadership Board as a very, quote, reputable group, said he had no idea whether the decision was made by an individual or collective group. Uh, ultimately, they were forced to open a new account at a different bank, but not after... But not after facing, quote, unexpected operational financial challenges following the letter from Chase. Uh, two people for Chase did not return a quest for comment. NCRF has launched its, its quote, hashtag Chase Away campaign to hear from other faith-based organizations and whether they had similar experiences. Man. Quote, on what basis are these institutions doing this, he added, I just never expected it would happen to me or this organization. And he says, the experience has raised troubling questions about whether this trend could continue and potentially worsen the future, quote, if they can debank this NCRF, a multi-faith religious nonprofit, what happens when they start debanking pastors and Christian business people? Man, this is the danger, man, of this world. And, you know, people are going to say Chase is a private organization. It absolutely is, uh, in a sense. But bank it, banks have become very, very interwoven with our government, right? Yeah. Um, it's scary to think about that. And this is the whole idea of social credit scores that's been coming out. This happens in China, right? If you say or do things that aren't acceptable, you can't buy plane tickets. You can't go to certain grocery stores depending on how the score is. And I'm telling you, we've, I've, I've seen some analysts, some social analysts say that could be, that's, that's what's kind of being primed here in America. And that's, that's kind of what this is look, the beginnings of, right? Depending on what you say determines on whether you can have a bank account, you can have a website, you can do these things. And we need to be aware of that. Guys, this isn't conspiracy. This is facts. And you need to take voting seriously. Yeah. You need to, by the way, that's coming up. I think you have to October 31st, I believe, to make sure you're registered. Uh, you can go check that out. Um, but you need to vote. Quit thinking your vote doesn't count. It's only going to count. I mean, if you continue to not vote, of course it's not going to count. The only way you can guarantee it doesn't count is if you don't vote. Yep. So um, we got we to gotta stand up for this stuff because it is scary. It is terrifying, man. So anyway, good, good articles, Fun Turn. That was yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff, man. Sorry good for finds. rambling, but it's important to hear that. It's good stuff. What do you guys think about that? What do you think about deplatforming people? What do you think about silencing people? Let, let us know in the comments or the art or uh, the website at www.theremedy.life/real-talk. Let us know what you think about that. Should it happen? What's the criteria you think it should happen? Hmm. Et cetera. It's good stuff, man. Super scary. <laughs> 
I think that's it for me, man. You got anything you want to share? Hey, if you guys are watching this video right now, make sure you take a moment to share, like, and comment on this video. Like he said, let us know about the article. Um, other than that, I love you guys so much. Thank you for supporting the show. You're awesome. I got one thing extra to add. Uh, we really would appreciate if you give us a review. It's on everything now, even Spotify. So give us that five-star review. Write a little blurb down there. It doesn't have to be too deep. It doesn't have to be too crazy. You can just tell us our favorite hot challenge or your favorite type of gummy bear. And your nice. favorite type of root beer. So there's like 30 of them now. Craft sodas, man. Anyways, <laughs> whatever you want to do, just that five-star review really helps us out on the business things. And if you didn't like the show, you know, your mama told you some good advice early on in life. It said, if you don't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything. <laughs> so you can just get on out. We, we were happy to have you. We were happy to see you. We we're happy you, you stopped in. Boo, boo, boo. Thank you for the view. Uh, goodbye. Have a great day. Uh, Jesus still loves you, Amen. even though you don't love us. So have a, have a great day. And don't leave a review if you didn't like this. If you didn't like this and you're negative about you're it, don't leave a review. No. Don't do call. it. You don't, you don't need to. You can keep it to yourself. Write it in your diary. Talk to your dog. I, I don't know. Talk to your cat. I don't, I don't know. Have a great day. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, you heard him. Those of you that shared last week, we had one of our bigger episodes in a while. So yeah. um, we're still – let us know your thoughts, guys. Send us the questions. Send us your – excuse me, thoughts on the show. Interact with us. Let us know what you want to see, what you don't see. Let us know we should keep doing this. Uh, keep sharing all that stuff. We want to reach more people. This, this stuff needs to get out there, right? Social media needs it. Hashtag social media needs it. Boom. We love you guys. We appreciate you so much. Pray for us. We're praying for you. And remember, and this is true, for real, God loves you. And uh, you've never gone too far that you can't come home. Uh, if you put your faith in Jesus, that's it. He takes care of the rest. Uh, your life's going to change. you got to turn away from yourself and what you want and put what he wants um, at, the, at the front and at the forefront of your life. And it's the best way anyway. Hope you guys have a great day. God bless you.